Three years ago, I received an ominous sounding phone call that spoke of UK demolition companies being raided by the Competition and Markets Authority. At the time, I had no idea who or what the Competition and Markets Authority were, or the power it wielded. I had no inkling that the organisation's initials would slip so readily into the demolition sector's vernacular, or that those three letters would come to dominate industry discourse. I certainly had no indication that the conversation about the CMA investigation would still be ongoing three years later. In the 36 or so months since the news of a possible investigation made their way into the public realm, and with no details forthcoming, the talk subsequently turned to speculation over the likely fallout. One of the key questions that was raised is what might happen to existing or ongoing contracts involving companies that have subsequently been proven to have been involved. And maybe there is a precedent. There was a time when gifts were exchanged freely in demolition and construction circles. A bottle of scotch for a client at Christmas as a thank you for their business. A golf day for suppliers to thank them for their support. A day at the races or a night out of the boxing perhaps. All of that changed 12 years ago with the introduction of the Bribery Act 2010. Suddenly Christmas gifts were being declined or returned. Golf days had to be itemised, recorded and reported and demolition companies were employing legal experts to help them navigate through these changed and potentially treacherous new waters. And there was one group of clients and customers that took the new Bribery Act particularly seriously. Local authorities. All of a sudden, lunch at the expense of a demolition contractor was viewed not with gratitude, but with suspicion. Were they expecting something in return? Even if they weren't, would the powers that be at the local town hall believe you? And if a bottle of port at Christmas is now forbidden, how would those local authorities feel about working with a demolition company with a collusion black mark against their name? Up until now, this story has been one of guesswork. The guess is that the CMA is investigating certain demolition companies. The guess is that some demolition companies will face prosecution. The guess is that that prosecution might lead to their removal from tender lists upon which they had previously appeared regularly. The guess is that this might also see any guilty parties expelled from one or more trade associations. But there was one guess I was unable to make, and I was unable to make it because I couldn't find any precedent upon which to base my guess. How would a client in general or a local authority in particular react when they found out a contracted demolition company had been caught in the CMA net and had been found wanting? I spoke to several local authorities in an attempt to get a handle on this. The responses I received fell into three categories, none of them helpful. We don't deal in hypotheticals. Or, I don't know what the procedure is because we haven't had to deal with it before. Or, are you telling me that one of our contractors has been found to be corrupt? After months of hitting a wall, I stumbled across a possible answer entirely by accident. I found an old news clip dating back to 2009 in which Stoke Council was forced to deal with what it described at the time as irregularities. While there was no suggestion of collusion or illegal activity in that instance, the news item suggests a possible reaction that other local authorities might adopt on the discovery of collusion involving one or more of their preferred demolition companies. 
Good evening, I'm Nick Owen. A council has admitted making mistakes following a BBC investigation into lucrative demolition contracts. Stoke-on-Trent City Council have released a damning report highlighting errors and serious shortcomings in its procedures. It'll mean two contracts will be re-tendered. Here's our Staffordshire reporter, Liz Copper. Westcliff Hospital. Stoke-on-Trent City Council accepted a price of just under £1.2 million to knock it down, three times the price of the lowest bid submitted. Now, the contract will be re-tendered. The Hamilton Works, a training centre. Here, a contract was awarded for double the price of the lowest bid. The contract here will be terminated and also re-tendered. In both these cases, the council admits mistakes were made and there was a lack of clarity. Is it an assumption too far to suggest that some local authorities and some companies might sever ties with a demolition firm named in a CMA prosecution? Possibly. But there remains the very real possibility of penalties that extend way beyond any initial fine that might be imposed. Demolition companies found guilty could find themselves dropped and replaced by alternative contractors that are perceived to be more honest, more transparent, and less corrupt. Companies might be barred from certain tender lists, either temporarily or even permanently. Even if they're not barred, could a track record of collusion or price-fixing go against them in a straight head-to-head -head with a rival firm that has an unblemished copybook? And if it comes to light that one or more clients have paid over the odds as a result of collusion and price-fixing, is there anything to stop them pursuing legal and financial recourse of their own? So far, our focus on the possible outcome of this long and protracted investigation has been on the impact upon the companies involved, on their reputation, their bank balance, their standing within the industry and their ability to win work in the future. But what of any individuals found to have been involved? History suggests that a successful prosecution of individual companies might then extend to individual directors. Following the investigation into two of the UK's largest suppliers of rolled lead to roofers, Associated Lead Mills, or ALM, and HJ Interven, which traded as BLM, British Lead, the CMA subsequently secured the disqualification of Jocelyn Campbell of BLM and Graham Hudson and Maurice Sherling of ALM. Campbell was disqualified for six and a half years. Hudson for four years, and Sherling for three years. You will recall from episode two that the companies admitted to forming an illegal cartel and were fined more than £9 million. Two former directors of precast concrete specialist F.P. McCann were handed record bans from acting as directors. Owen and Francis McCann were banned for 12 and 11 years respectively following an investigation into price fixing in the concrete drainage products market. That was on top of the record £36 million in fines handed down to F.P. McCann in October 2019. As you've almost certainly gathered by now, this is a story of ifs. If the investigation is taking place. If the investigation proves any wrongdoing. If there is wrongdoing, what next? Against that background, one more if probably won't hurt. If, that word again, if it transpires that some of the companies involved are high-profile, logic suggests that their directors might be similarly high-profile. What would their disqualification mean to the individual businesses, to the individuals themselves, and to the wider industry? I will attempt to unpack all of that in Episode 5. 
in episode 5 of the CMA Files. Is it actually possible to separate an individual from their crime? Should we even bother trying? And is this story finally coming to a conclusion? Or are we merely facing yet another false dawn? The CMA Files is a Demolition News production. It was written and narrated by Mark Antony. We hope you enjoyed this episode.